life. You're listening to the Sunday Shaitans podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Maureen. Stay tuned because this week we'll be chatting with jazz singer and songwriter Spencer Day about his new album, Broadway by Day. And we'll be catching up with Leon Craig, hot from playing Sandra Bollock in the LA production of Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Leon Craig has played the genie in the London production of Disney's Aladdin, Montel and Jesus in the original production of Jerry Springer, the opera, and has just returned from LA, having played Sandra Bullock in Everybody's Talking About Jamie. He has taken some time out and he is with us now. Hi, Leon. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you both? We are We're great. good. We're it's... so happy to see your smiling face. Well, it's been years. Oh, it has. It's been a very, very long time time i think i saw you briefly in soho once and then i remember i always say this to you paul but actually um the last time i saw you before that was uh at the west end baker yeah it was it was the afternoon <gasps> wasn't it? Right. We, uh, you were you were cover genie and, and i was like that's right oh, and have you been, been on it you're gonna go on and you literally went and you got the call that afternoon yeah i got the call it was the first time oh they were like you're on for both shows and i was like amazing i've got to go i've got to go, gotta go. <laughs> like so, rushing down like soho and then that was it and then two shows in yeah the prince edward and aladdin is brilliant that's brilliant yeah well so for any of our listeners that have been under a rock for the past however many years just tell us about <laughs> everybody's talking about jamie oh it's, it's a wonderful show i went to see it um, when it first opened and I didn't really know much about it um, and the reason I went to see the show funnily enough was Trevor who played the genie in the West End said to me you've got to go see the show you remind me so much about it with the accent um, with the story and there's a part in it called Sandra Bollock that's perfect for you and I was like okay I'll go and see it and I did and I saw it and oh gosh I mean I took the job because it relates to me in so many ways mm-hmm. um, you know um, and there's so many characters that you can relate to. Um, I've never been a drag queen before. I always do Dame at Christmas, which for me is, I think is completely different. Um, but basically it's, it's about a, a boy called Jamie New, who's 16, who wants to go to prom um, in as a, as, as a drag queen, basically. And he has this journey with his mom, um, his dad, who obviously doesn't agree with any, most things about his life, really. Um, and along the journey, it has lots of different characters. He has Pretty, which is his best friend at school still. And then he has Dean, who's a bully. And then there's Miss Hedge, who's the teacher, who kind of has a lot of different opinions. And and then there's the three drag queens, of course. And then there was Roy Haylock, Bianca Del Rio, who played Loco Chanel, who's just incredible. And um, he basically goes to this shop where he meets um the character first where actually Roy's just dressed up as um, as a male character and then later on he comes on as his persona Loco Chanel which was this huge drag queen back in the day which I guess is kind of similar to RuPaul as it was then mm-hmm. um and yeah and then the journey just goes on from there really and we tried to get him up we've got this fabulous moment in this dressing room called Legs 11 um and we do this big number with him and then yeah he gets to go to prom but I won't Amazing. Tell you, the show's still on. It's still on at the moment. It's on a UK tour. So if you haven't seen it, which I'm sure you guys have, of course. But oh, yeah. More than one. More than one. <laughs> well, I was going to say several. <laughs> so you've just returned from LA with the show. What was it like taking the show to America? And was it, was it well received? I think a lot of people were quite nervous in terms of the creatives and the cast, actually. Um, Yes, it was well received. I mean, the theatres, well, there's not much theatre in LA. Um, no, there isn't. 
you know, of course, so we were at the Arman, now how do I pronounce this? The Armansen, the Armashen, there's so many ways of pronouncing this theatre, <laughs> which I'm sure you probably know what it's called, but I, yeah. So um, the theatre was huge there, so I think we were all a bit concerned that it was, it was, you know, the capacity of the theatre was huge, you know, it was bigger than a Western theatre in London, so we were like, oh God, is this going to sell? But they advertised the show really well, it was all in, you know, um, downtown LA it was in West Hollywood like there was incredible banners of Leighton Williams and Bianca Del Rio one of the cast so it was it was publicized fantastically um and yeah the show got recepted really well the audiences went crazy and I always find I always find with an American audience that they're always so fabulous about it even if like they do something I mean Leighton's so fabulous at the role he could do a turn in a pair of heels and the audience goes they scream they go crazy yeah they're, they're not backwards <laughs> and coming forwards are no, they exactly exactly and I always you know I, have, I do have to say when I was doing Aladdin actually when I researched some stuff about it and you know there was lots of clips on YouTube and things and, and what have you and always seeing the American audiences they went crazy for Aladdin for the, especially for the yeah. genie you know yes they, so I thought oh, maybe the audiences will be like that. And they are, they just go crazy. But it did get recepted really well. Um, you know, we, we couldn't really meet any people at the stage door because obviously the COVID's a lot more, right. um, is, is more stronger over there at the moment. So funnily enough, actually, when we was there, they were just getting the lateral flows being sent to their <sighs> homes and what have you. Yeah. So we were tested every day at the theatre before the show. It wasn't allowed into the actual space. Um, thankfully touch wood nobody got covid which was incredible wow. um and yeah the audiences just went insane for it they they loved it they were emotional mm. they were happy they were screaming they were on their feet in the finale mel who plays um the mom margaret knew she i mean mel sings a song obviously which i'm sure we all know he's my boy in act two oh. such you know, I always used to turn up the tannoy in the dressing room because it's always a song that I just love to it's hear. Great song. It's oh. beautiful. Oh, Mel's incredible. I don't know how she does that show every night and matinee. And she got three standing ovations practically every <gasps> night. Amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. Go crazy for her. So I'm fascinated, but Maureen and I are both fascinated now, actually. Uh, what changes were made is because I went with some American friends to see Jamie and I had to explain many of the jokes in the interval, you know, because it's very, very British. Mm -hmm. how, how did it translate? I think they wanted to change a lot of it because I think they were really concerned. But I think as the show started to progress in the first previews, they actually thought, oh, actually, they understand this. But they did change a couple of things, like they would change a shop to 7-Eleven. They would change right. chocolate bars from Twix to like the Three Musketeers. So there, there were there were some changes. They kept in a couple of the um, COVID-related things because obviously in the West End, I think it changed a few times with certain people wearing masks in the show and then eventually they took that out so they did change a couple of things but it wasn't a lot to be fair it wasn't a lot That's really brilliant. I know well, yeah and funnily enough actually we scooted home a three a few of us on the way home one night and they were filming something in in LA of course they film everywhere in every corner yeah. and we got stopped and we had to wait for like half an hour because there was no other way to get home and we met these three guys and they just said oh we've just seen you in the show and I said brilliant did you enjoy it they were like yeah they said the only thing they couldn't understand is everybody speaks really fast as a northerner <laughs> i'm from manchester this is, and I've this sometimes, is true yeah it is true when i listen to a voice note back and sometimes you know i think now you can do 1.5 or 2 on whatsapp you know to rush through and i sometimes think yeah i can see people look at me and go i don't understand what you're saying so yeah i i completely you know i get it i get it but we had such an amazing creative team jonathan butterall i mean is insane he's such a wonderful director yeah. and he's been the story since day one in sheffield and he's taken it everywhere and 
it still fascinates me that he's so passionate about the show um and you know and, and he believes that uh, he's, he's yeah, but that's he's, clear isn't it the creatives do just love the show and you can tell the love and care that they 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 treat yeah. it with they, they do, it, do it absolutely feels love like it. a family it mm. truly does the whole production and and how cohesive everybody works together for that everybody's talking about jamie as a story of acceptance and inclusion how does it compare to your life growing up? I think for me, because obviously I'm Man I'm from Manchester, so I'm a northern I'm a northern lad, um, and so you know my mum and dad got divorced when I was very young. So I was obviously brought up by my mum, which is a single parent, and my mum has been my warrior. She's just been an mm. absolute. You know, I'm such a mummy's boy as well. Still, be <laughs> I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah, I know. It's just great. So, um, yeah, it does. I think there was a lot of things like my mum. And so the relationship with Margaret and Jamie is something very, that's something that I really resonated with when I watched the show. Um, I was never bullied at school, thankfully. It was always the thing of, because I was always into drama and into theatre and being the mm. kind of class clown. I think everybody was like, oh, Leon's really funny. So, you know, but I, you know, and I, but I didn't really probably know what, what I was about when I was at school still, you know, it was, um, right. you, you know what I mean? It was kind of, yes. yeah, it was, um, it's so, a journey. yeah, yeah. So, you know, there are there's certain people, I mean, of course we had teachers in school who were a bit like, don't be silly. You can't be an actor when you're older. You need to go and be a doctor or you need to be this or you need to be that. But for me, I was like, no, I want to be an actor. Like I mm -hmm. want to be in the theater. I want mm -hmm. to sing. I like to perform. I want to be in TV. I want to do it all. So yeah, there are, there was stuff that I definitely resonated with in terms of the characters. And, and I mean, when I saw it in London, actually, the, I saw Josie play Margaret. Yes. And oh. John, I think it was John, actually, was Jamie. And, oh, God, I mean, every time she came on, I was just in tears. Mm -hmm. I was in, and, I need, and to be honest, you know, as you know, with the show, the part of Sandra Bullock and the drag queens, it's such a tiny role. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't really want to do that, you know. But I took it because I really felt the story. And I thought, this is such a great story that everyone has to know about. And it's a celebration yes. and it's a journey. So, mm. yeah. And, yeah, it's, yeah. Brilliant. Leon, we are out of time, sadly. It's gone so quickly. And thankfully, you did talk really fast. So we got a lot in. But, uh... <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> Can we make sure we don't leave it a few years until the next time you come back? I know, back? of course. Absolutely. Oh, stay safe. Oh, Thanks for joining us. You are so us. lovely. Thanks, take care. Thanks, Leon. See you. Bye. Spencer Day is a jazz singer and songwriter known for his chart-topping albums of self-penned songs. Broadway by Day sees a departure of him as he explores some iconic songs from Broadway. And Spencer is with us now. Hi, Spencer. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning, guys. Good morning. <laughs> it's, yeah, good afternoon for us and good morning, oh, early yes, morning right. for you. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Can we just say how much we love your album? Broadway by Day is just spectacular. So it is your first album of show tunes. Um, what made you want to explore the whole show tune aspect of it? Um, well, when I was coming up with this record, my co-producer, I guess you could say it kind of started with a shrewd business decision, which was like, hey, I've had record labels for years telling me, when are you going to do a cover record or just a straight up, you know, swinging jazz record. I think in their mind, they probably, because I was signed to U a Universal and a development deal the same time Michael Buble got signed to Warner Brothers. And so I think for a long time, there was kind of a suggestion about what a baritone voice like mine should be doing. And I think as an original songwriter, someone who had something to say, I kind of always like recoiled at that a little bit because I didn't like the idea of being put in a box. But 
for years, people have asked, and, and I've always included, you know, standards or covers, anything from Chris Isaac to George Gershwin when Love I it. play live. But I, but I thought if I'm going to do it, I really want to think of something that I can do that's not going to be lazy or just feel like, I mean, I, I love Cole Porter, I love Gershwin, but it's hard for me for a lot of the songs to think of things I would do with them that haven't already been done yeah. better yeah. <laughs> by, by other people. And my co-producer, um, Alex, who is is one of the best jazz bassists in LA, and he works with Jeff Goldblum and was kind of produced for Miley Cyrus. I mean, just, you know, he's, yeah. his, his dad was a composer on Broadway and I grew up on a farm basically in, in Northern Utah. And so our experiences were very different, but he, he suggested that. And of course I, I love musical theater and I think whatever was on VHS for MGM musical as a kid, I devoured. <laughs> There's a lot of things like chorus line, for example, that didn't come to my town and were a little too racy, I think, for for what a, a young <laughs> a young Mormon boy at the time was supposed to listen to. But the, um, he suggested it, and I realized how many great songs there are in the Broadway canon that haven't really been touched a lot um, in in that way, or certainly given kind of a more jazz or singer songwriter treatment. And not only the ones that we had the chance to record, we realized we have probably five other albums of outstanding songs that people haven't really explored all that much in the way of uh, reinterpretation. So I think that that we just realized that this is a whole category that hasn't that's been a little bit ignored by the jazz community. And it was also a way of kind of taking back the night, if you will, because the jazz world can be kind of elitist and a little, you know, toxic filled with toxic masculinity mm -hmm. and stuff in a way that Broadway's viewed as cheesy or too gay or um, not by the really good jazz musicians. I think they're, they, they're aware that some of their best songs came from musicals already, yeah. whether, right. you know, but it was a way of taking some of these songs that are kind of viewed as uh, maybe Andrew Lloyd Webber, because Alex and I did fight on that when we first did the assignment. He's like, okay, let's do this. But one rule, no Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> and, and you break like your rule. <laughs> I broke it. I was like, oh, you yes, did we break are. it. <laughs> but no, you don't get many jazz covers of his songs at all. No, no, no. And um, I think now I've kind of convinced Alex to re-examine it, which I think is, there you which go. is cool. That was kind of the whole point is to get people to reconsider what a standard should be and, and is, you know. Mm -hmm. So you, you mentioned growing up in Utah there as a Mormon boy uh see so what musical theater did influence you what 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 shows stood out to you um well i wanted to marry judy garland when i was five i think we all my did. mom would <laughs> but yeah my, my mom would say is when the trouble all began <laughs> <laughs> there was the sign <laughs> <laughs> um and i think i mean she was always the one i obviously singing in the rain and i think that you know i kind of i had a pretty unhappy childhood my mom ended up raising all six of us on her, on her own. And my parents, wow. the relationship was pretty abusive. And then I think I also just didn't fit in now as an adult, I'm more kind of grateful, you know, for the, for the, for the good parts of growing up where I did. But at the moment I just wanted to escape into anywhere that would take me yeah. other than where I was. Cause I would, you know, look at the kids on the milk cartons with intense jealousy <laughs> at the time. <laughs> I know, I know better now. I don't know if they have that in London. If the, or it's not if a thing we do. The missing person. It's not pictures. a thing. Yeah. The missing. No. We, we, we stopped it a little while ago, uh, ago too. But obviously I know better now. But 
it was the escapism of it, of the, of where music can take you on its own and developing a world. And then any musical really. So, I mean, I know singing in the rain obviously was one of my, my thing. I, I just didn't have any experience with things on the stage. Cause we didn't, you know, we didn't yeah. have a place to go see that. I think uh, if you were creatively inclined, the most you could aspire to is to go to Brigham Young University, join the show choir, the young ambassadors who are great, but you've not lived until you've seen an all white production of dream girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, overcame goodness. a lot of diversity in that production. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> not, not, not for intentional reasons. I think it was just a lack in the casting pool of what was available. Not that yeah. they Perhaps there was a problem with it. the show choice there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It changes the whole plot of the, the movie, but um, I think it was the escapism of what attracted me to it is your ability whether within a song or, or a whole show to just disappear entirely into another fantastical world and everything about a musical is not really grounded in, right. in, in hard reality. And I just love that as a kid. You know? Now, if there, yeah, I know that you do, you, you write a lot of your own music and this, which I am so obsessed with this recent album that you came out is, um, you know, doing covers, but if there was a musical theater role like that you would love to play, what would that, what would that be? Oh gosh, that is so good. And I'm going to forget the, the name of the character just cause I'm still waking up. Um, David Zippel has actually been a really great supporter of mine, just a lovely guy and, and a real champion of myself. I love city of angels. Cause for my voice, since uh... I'm not a traditional I think of things, whether it's Chicago or, or C city of angels, I feel like that, that could kind of, uh, accommodate my one. What's an, what's another one. I, I guess I don't think of myself cause I think so much of wanting to write for right. other artists. Um, I would say, I would say probably city of angels because it's a very legitimate jazz yeah. score, you know, yeah. it's a great score. It's an amazing score. We were lucky enough to, see a West End production of it just before lockdown two mm. years ago. And it was, it, it is, it's, it's a great score. Have you considered writing your own musical? Yes. I mean, that's kind of my biggest, Ooh, I think, long-term goal. Good. Yeah. It, it just because my voice is so particular. And even with these songs, I mean, we went through Jason Robert Brown, we went through mm -hmm. Wicked. We, we tried to, we were tried to be open to everything and make sure and, what what worked for my voice we kind of you want to play to whatever the instrument of the singer is yeah. and so i love writing for other singers because it frees me up to to really think about writing in a totally different language and so i i i started the process of working on something i think before the lockdown too i've got to circle back and see where we're at which was set in havana in the Ooh. 19 um it like right at the fall of the of the um as the castro regime castro, was, yep. was closing was closing in on that so for me any chance i get to study cuban music i actually i live in mexico now so for me my process oh, of being here was good. to study mexican music i think anytime you have a specific project like that it's actually easier for me to write to because if it's like write a love song then you're i'm just kind of stumped but if it's like write a love song between like a pimp and uh you know like a, a circus performer you know who are both in jail or something i'm like give me 10 minutes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be right back with you well if that's the basis of the musical we're there 
already. It yeah. is. Oh, completely. <laughs> the pimp and the circus performer. Can we expect any more show tunes albums from you? I oh absolutely. I think what we realized from doing this is that there there's so many amazing songs. I mean, we could think of more songs from Oliver and Next to Normal. There. Oh yes. What that's as we were doing it, that became the the hardest part was just realizing how many songs that there still are. There's such a wealth yeah. of amazing material, yeah. and it's such a great way of celebrating getting jazz people to fall in love with musical theater and getting musical yes. theater people yeah. to fall in love with jazz. Hopefully. Well, we're Absolutely. here. We're here for this a hundred percent. Spencer, we are out of time, but thank you so much for taking time to chat with us for your morning and our afternoon. We really appreciate you joining us. Thanks so much. Broadway by day is out now and available from club 44 records. For more information, head over to club 44 records.com. And we'll play a track from that right now. Here we have what I did for love. Yesterday goodbye The sweetness and the sorrow Wish me luck the same to you But I can't regret What I did for love What I did for love Look, my eyes are dry The gift was ours to borrow It's as if we always knew And I won't forget What I did for love What I did for love As we travel on Love's what we remember Kiss today goodbye And point me toward tomorrow We did what we had to what we remember
today singing what i did for love from his album broadway by day but originally from a chorus line music lyrics there by marvin hamlish and edward kleban i love spencer's voice that album is well worth checking out it has it has been on my loop on my sonos i love it it's good well that's it for this episode we'd like to say a huge thank you to leon craig and spencer day for joining us If you've enjoyed listening, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite listening platform. I'm Paul. And I'm Maureen. And you've been listening to the Sunday Showtunes podcast. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.